This is a Suno India production and you are listening to Climate Emergency. At a time when the voices of youth are growing louder in the climate change campaigns because it concerns their future, Delhi police has slapped UAPA or Unlawful Acts Prevention Act on a youth-led climate change advocacy organization called Fridays for Future. Fridays for Future is a global people's movement for climate justice. They are a volunteer-based youth-led movement with over 10,000 volunteers and more than 60 branches across the country. The crime they have allegedly committed according to Delhi police and some media reports is to spam the email of Prakash Javdekar Minister of Environment Forest and Climate Change with request to not make amends to the environment impact assessment as they believe it will impact the environment in a negative way the website of Fridays for Future was pulled down from 10th July till 24th July which meant they lost a lot of time for their campaign as well Hi, I'm Rakesh Kamal, production leader at Suno India and host of Climate Emergency. To discuss this, we have with us Vaishnavi, an 18-year-old volunteer from Bengaluru who completed her 12th and wants to become a lawyer. Also in this episode, we have Apar Gupta, executive director of Internet Freedom Foundation. Vaishnavi, if you can tell a little bit about yourself and about the ethos of Fridays for Future. Uh, so I'm Vaishnavi and I'm a volunteer at Fridays for Future India. And as of the ethos of FFF, uh, FFF India is a youth-powered movement where we strike for our future and um, execute actions with a hope that humanity can build back a better future. Our mission is to safeguard Earth's sustainability. so that the younger generations or the coming generations have a planet that they can freely breathe in and fridays for future india was started by indian youth volunteers uh, inspired by the global movement which was started by greta thunberg uh, so can you tell about the campaign that uh, you know fridays for future has started uh, so recently we had a habitat loss campaign where we talk about uh, for example the loss of uh, biodiversity in western ghats due to hubli ankola or dehing patkai or um, the the bangwari project which has been proposed and our latest campaign was uh, vocal for local which was uh, inspired by the uh, government's initiative to take forward our economy uh, post the covid crisis Uh, where we talked about sustainability and uh, uh, sustainable in, uh, textiles about sustainable uh, menstruation i know you know you have been uh, in a little bit of controversy of late uh, because of the whole eia thing uh, can you maybe explain a little bit about eia what it is and what has it's been uh, its role all these years so eia was actually uh, eia or environmental impact assessment it exists to weigh the pros and cons of a project and it's actually to protect the environment from industries and projects that would harm 
harm it it was made so that the uh, stakeholders the environmentalists the experts the scientists are considered before taking decisions on whether a project or an industrial activity can be cleared or not uh, what exactly are the amendments that the government is proposing and uh, why is the government trying to make amendments to ai now why is the government trying to make the uh, amends uh, we really have no clue but all we can say is that uh, it dilutes several existing rules and it is favorable to the industries and projects than it is to the environment and that really ceases the actual uh, importance of eia it doesn't serve the purpose of eia so uh, we don't know why uh, the eia draft notification is being amended uh, uh, but it is being called a compilation of violations by experts and uh, to name a few amendments there post facto approvals in which a project which has been started illegally in like example a protected area without permission can be approved later and will be allowed to continue and um, one more thing is that it takes away public hearings for many projects where the stakeholders opinions would matter it also narrows down a uh, definition of eco sensitive areas and considers those areas which are only notified by the MOEFC i mean this would uh, does it specifically mention about eco sensitive areas or does it generally it does it does yeah that narrows down the definitions only some will be uh, considered as eco sensitive areas what will happen if the government clears uh, without taking i mean right now it is a uh, it's in a draft stage right yeah yes and what happens if the government you know ignores all your comments and goes ahead with it that'll be very disappointing um and since now uh, uh, the voices are being heard we were being heard and uh, there's so many citizens environmentalists youth movements organizations uh, that have uh, facilitated the eia objection with with fridays for future india and there are many who are against it and if the draft is cleared it would really cause a lot of problems to the environment and it would further accelerate climate change and uh, not like we already uh, have better living conditions or anything but if you take an example of the nisarga uh, cyclone nisarga uh, amphan or even the uh, assam floods the frequency is increasing and this would just accelerate it all uh, i mean i understand recently there has been a uapa filed and later revoked or retracted uh, what is that about if you could explain a little yeah uh, we were very shocked uh, that the ministry issued uapa that it could mention that act in the notice but all i have to say that we just young people who are trying to create awareness on climate change and bring about climate justice and uh, we don't want to grow up to like live in a world where we have to carry oxygen tanks with us everywhere we go right so i really think that's that's very baseless uapa the campaign was to uh, raise awareness about the draft ei notification and the problems that it has and since the government itself said that we could send in objections uh, fridays for future india just facilitated the email sending 
thing. Uh, so what we did was uh, we just created a draft email and we had um, we had put down the emails of um, the concerned um, officials, which are already available on the Internet uh, so that it will be easier for citizens who are concerned about this to send in their objections easily. So that they don't have to take time to sit and like draft their own opinions. But at the end, they were the ones who were sending the objections through their personal emails. They could omit or they could uh, add in whatever words they want. And it was completely up to them whether they could send it or not. Okay. Did you have any, uh, do you have any count of how many emails must have gone? Or? Fridays for Future India's website had 80,000, about 80,000 clicks. So we estimating that 80,000 emails were sent from uh, our page alone. Totally, I think it was 2.5 lakhs from all the movements and organizations. Uh, they all of us together facilitated 2.5 lakhs, estimatedly. So uh, the the minister complains that it is, his email got spammed because of it, right? Yes. I mean, uh, and your website also went down as soon as the UAPA or uh, even uh, even if it was retracted, the IT bill. Actually, the website went down uh, before uh, the UAPA was charged or a notice was sent to us. Okay. And uh, what did they say in the notice? Why were they pulling down the website? Uh, because we sent in too many emails to uh, Honorable Prakash Javedkar and our website could be uh, destroying the peace and sovereignty of India. I, I still don't get it. How that can you destroy the peace and sovereignty of the country by sending emails? Even we have no clue either. We, we just, we just screwed us. Uh, so what is your course of action now? What do you guys want to do? You guys want to continue this campaign of sending emails or put it on hold or what is your future plan? Uh, we are continuing to spread awareness about uh, the draft notification through our social media, but our website was really uh, played an important role in connecting to our followers who are really concerned about the environment. Um, so as of the latest update, our website has been unblocked uh, around uh, at 11.15 a.m. on 24th July. Uh, but we haven't received any official uh, confirmation about it from whoever is concerned. So we are yet to take a course of action on what we have to do about it. But for now, we're just going to create awareness on our social media accounts. Internet Freedom Foundation has offered pro bono legal support to Fridays for Future till all their legal risk is reduced. It is interesting to know that Internet Freedom Foundation ran a much bigger email campaign similar to this on Save the Internet campaign or Net Neutrality for which it was much appreciated by the government for mobilizing opinions of the citizens. Fridays for Future organized a YouTube live session with Apar Gupta for clearing questions of volunteers who had anxiety because of being labeled in a way as terrorists by slapping UAPA for the good environment campaigns they were doing on ground. These are some of the excerpts of that YouTube live session. environmental campaigning and protection is actually a directive principle of state policy which is something which the government should do and in fact when uh, there was a recent uh, commemoration of the constitution in fact the uh, present house of parliament actually even recognized that fundamental duties are a very important 
component of how all of us as active citizens especially young people need to participate in the larger sphere and contribute towards national development and one of the core elements of even the fundamental duties is taking care of the ecology and the climate so you're actually doing something which is um, not it's far away from being something unlawful but is something which is promoted by the constitution and you have all the rights to do it under the fundamental rights and that's under your fundamental right to freedom of speech and expression towards assembly and in times of how we use technology it's quite often done by how you use online platforms and i speak about this a little about the online platforms in petitioning given that even the save the internet movement which was towards protection of net neutrality ran a petition email uh in which more than 1 million people participated which is appreciated by the government which is appreciated by the telecom regulatory authority in india which is why isps which are internet service providers like jio airtel or uh, idea cannot basically charge you differently for the kind of websites that you access for instance so they can't charge you less because you're accessing let's say amazon versus like flipkart or the other way around okay so this is what we also did so it was a very core understanding we came with this because we had done this kind of work it ran a large email based movement in which we provided a template to people and people sent it across so if you look at the fridays for future website which is active today but does not have this functionality because we are still assessing risk and we need to hear from legal authorities as yuvan just indicated because the uh police authorities are just talking to the press they have not officially responded to our communications as much as the website is unblocked which shows that there's no illegality because um uh, illegal thing can't be permitted to go online that's a natural inference you would think about it like that but the thing is we still do not have official correspondence and we really want as lawyers to clear this cloud which has gathered um during these onset of monsoons okay so Uh, that's the first thing i would just like to say is to take away your fears and anxieties and when we saw this notice we could understand there would be a level of anxiety because the unlawful activities prevention act is actually a anti terrorism law and um, it's um, it's something which will drive a level of uh, of of anxiety quite naturally in people who may even be lawyers may be very well acquainted so uh, please that was a very natural reaction which came when this notice was actually shared by the domain registrar big rock with uh, the team for fridays for future who handles the technical website and i mean team in a very loose sense uh, essentially a collection of volunteers who have those skills now uh, the notice uh, if i'll i'll just read out certain parts of it first okay the notice is issued under section 793b of the it act now the it act is full form is information technology act and this notice is issued by the police because it wants to take down the content this provision actually permits either a court or uh, uh, or a or a police authority or a state authority to send such notices and then an intermediary which kind of hosts this information which may be facebook or social media networking platform or maybe your domain registrar like big rock go daddy etc it's obligated to act under it okay and this way uh, it can maintain its own legal compliance and when you look at the brief facts of the case it says that it's pursuant to a 
complain that the honorable minister cabinet minister sri jag baker has been getting multiple emails on his email id with the subject name similar to eia 2020 and then it says that there are some unlawful activities on the website which may disturb peace and sovereignty of india and then it also then goes on to say that the publication transmission of such objectionable contents is a cognizable and punishable criminal offence under section 18 of the unlawful activities prevention act now if you look at section 18 it says punishment for conspiracy it's also extracted in the notice this notice which went viral on social media yesterday was provided by uh, by the domain registrar uh, to um, uh, the as i just stated to all of you and um, we sent a representation uh, in response to this uh, and if you just go through that representation it explains quite clearly why this law is inapplicable because there's no specificity now when you say something is illegal you need to intelligently define what is illegal and sending multiple emails by itself is the only remote uh, element of linkage uh, with which is sought to be drawn with the invocation of section 18 but it just does not fit because there's no conspiracy here because if you look at the website uh, and the functionality which it provided it was essentially an email template and a button through which the email was copied into the clipboard which is the memory of every person's computer who clicked on that button when visiting that website and opened up a email client like outlook or like mail on a mac okay or even gmail if it's configured in a certain way and this email draft essentially which served as a template got copied there they could still make changes they could choose not to send it they could also choose to add other addresses or drop them so the clear choice in a sense rested with the end user and there was no conspiracy because you were not actually knowing the people or forcing that choice onto them they were educating themselves coming on to your website and doing it and also it's very important to look at the fridays for future india as it exists it's a youth led movement in which there are people from the age ranges of mostly about i've been told about 12 to about 20 and they do a large range of activities which includes beach cleanups climate strikes and also um, uh, campaigns which actually support the government in a lot of its programs for instance i was told you also launched a vocal for local campaign towards preservation of the ecology by um, by looking at how local alternatives which are much more sustainable are towards state objective so just because you disagree on a law which is open for public consultation you encourage public participation which is actually recognized by the constitution um, this notice uh, which was sent citing section 18 just did not match and that is essentially the advice we provided which was um, uh, the basis of the representation for recall sent by rajni who's one of the other volunteers and the owner of this website operates it and it led to um, a public post a lot of public advocacy as you have just cited and thankfully at least in the press the delhi police approached it with a level of sensitivity and has stated that it's withdrawn uh, this notice then there was a subsequent notice it sent under section 66 but it also withdrew that there are certain press remarks there's nothing pending the website is online but still let me end this by saying there's some level of legal risk because all of all of what we have is essentially 
uh, about two emails which I referred in a Huffington Post article and uh, uh, certain press statements which are attributed to the police. Yeah, but that's more or less about it. When asked to define legally what spamming meant and if it is illegal to send emails to a consultation by the government, this is what Apar had to say. So, uh, firstly, spamming by itself is uh, not a clear crime as such. Uh, and uh, uh, see, here's the thing. Uh, there was a provision called Section 66A, which was originally intended to be a provision which would prevent spam emails, but it's a criminal penalty, right? So it was struck down by the Supreme Court in the Shreya single judgment as being unconstitutional because it was too vague. Apar then explained clearly by reading sections from the presentation that was made. You can find the link to the presentation in the description of the podcast. So firstly, in the first para, in 4A, it's saying that it's in response to an official public consultation by the government itself. So the government is inviting these views. And if you have just been following the news, the Karnataka High Court is in fact saying more people need to participate in this. Prepare local translations because ultimately what's the basis of participatory democracy? It's not only voting. It's actually involving yourself in all these processes. Now, sometimes you may agree with the government. Sometimes you may actually also disagree with it. And if you look at the Shreya single judgment again in 2015, Justice Naraman says, that there are three forms of speech broadly. One is expression, that just statement. The second is advocacy. And the third is incitement. So he says, essentially, if you're dis discussing something, and even if you're advocating something which may be causing inconvenience to others, because, you know, if you don't agree with someone and you say some things in a certain way, it doesn't make them illegal. Or if you say them too much, it doesn't make them illegal. But you incite an offense, it does. And there's no such clear offense. But again, let's focus on what was the function. The function was more or less participation in the public, um, uh, in the public consultation. And that public consultation was being done by the Ministry of Environment and Forest. The Honorable Minister there is Mr. Jad Baker. Jad Baker, sir, also has a publicly listed ID. Okay, that's in the email template. And the email template is made available on the FFF website. Okay, now if you look at para B now on page 3, para 4B, it says that the Karnataka High Court has asked to give wide publicity. So the FFF website was giving it wide publicity, asking citizens to participate and subject, uh, submit objections. And if you look at para C, what did the FFF website provide it? It provided the content of the draft email and the publicly email, uh, available email address of the Honorable Minister. And then what happened when you went there? You accessed the campaign on the FFF website and would either automatically open the mail client for a person and the contents of the email appearing as a draft. So you still had to go through it, right? You had that level of agency. You could review it, okay? It was a template. And no emails were sent from the FFF website. So what's also important to note is that if you don't have an email ID, the FFF website can't send this. So here, one also needs to understand who the email is going to, right? Now, quite often, uh, if the email is going to a public functionary, okay, uh, such as a person who we are elected to office, it's a publicly known email ID, they've tweeted about it. So 
uh, Jad Baker sir has also tweeted about this email ID on their Twitter handle and actually asked for views. So if people are sending them views and they agree with each other, is it really wrong for people to participate if they're concerned with the law, which concerns climate change, ecology protection, all those large areas uh, which come through and is a constitutional duty. So just because people have been um, uh, engaging with it at a really, really high level and there's a substantial amount of interest, it does not mean it's spamming by itself. And spam actually denotes spam. So let's just go into an inbox and click on spam once. What does it have? Does it have anything to do with environment protection? Or does it mostly have things to do with uh, you winning a million dollars and somebody trying to scam more information out of you? Or something else also. Something which may be very, very stupid or obnoxious. So I think it fits within the purpose and the domain also of the function of that public functionary who's actually elected by us to office to actually hear these things out, okay? And with respect to the email capacity, it flooding inboxes, etc., that can quite easily be uh, catered with increase of server capacity rather than responding in such a manner in which a provision of the UAPA is actually alleged to be caused by it, okay? And if you also notice that if you go to the Delhi police notice, they nowhere use the word spam. They, in fact, let me read it out again. The above website depicts objectionable contents and unlawful activities or terrorist acts, which are dangerous for the peace, tranquility, and sovereignty of the India. The publication and transmission of such objectionable contents is a cognizable and a punishable criminal offense. So it does not state that uh, there's any spam which is being caused. It, they don't even reason it. It is said that youth are the future, but organizations like Fridays for Future show that youth can be in the present and fight for the causes they believe in. You can email the ministry if you have any objection over the draft environment impact assessment till August 11th. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Climate Emergency. If you like our work, you can go on to our website sunoindia.in and support us. Suno India also hosts another podcast called Cyber Democracy, where there are very pertinent questions that are asked like, what does democracy mean in this age of cyber? How does the government benefit from the sale of our data? What is data economy? And does the internet give us the right to be forgotten? These and many more questions are discussed, debated and answered in Cyber Democracy. A new podcast from Snow India.